Hello and welcome to the Salty Club podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Creeper, and I'm doing something a little bit different today. I wanted to bring back one of our classic episodes. This was recorded over a year ago with Ale Romo, and it's actually the most listened to podcast of all time on our entire show. And I just think the message is just so great. It's a conversation about the evolution from this sort of boss babe mentality and what's the evolution that comes after that. So I'm really excited to share it with you. If you're new here, this is definitely the best one to start on. And with that, I'll let you to it and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Salty Club podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Creeper, and I am here today with Ale Romo. Ale has been working with us for over a year now. She is our collaborations and PR woman, a surfer, savvy traveler, yoga teacher, and lifestyle photographer. She spends her time chasing sunny days and dreamy coastlines around the world, and also connecting us with other amazing like-minded brands across the world. And I won't say much else about her story because it is so much better coming from her, but I will say it was so good to sit down and get to know Ale a little better. I could have kept talking to her for ages. We connected on business and boundaries and more importantly, what the new goal for the ambitious woman is beyond these kind of outdated, restrictive, like boss babe paradigms that don't really work anymore. So I hope you enjoy the podcast and as always, feel free to reach out with any questions, any comments at thesalty.club and look forward to hearing your thoughts. Please enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. I've been really wanting to be here. Uh, But yeah, I mean, we have work to do. So of course, we're just like... (laughs) Get, get get stuck on that. Ah, uh, of course. And now that we're here, Ali, I would love to hear a little bit about where you're from, where you are now, mm-hmm. and kind of a little bit about your journey. I know it's a lot to try condense, but kind of what comes to mind when you're kind of sharing about, yeah, the whole process to get to where you are now. Claro, claro. Um, okay, yeah. Let's see how I can condense it better, the best. I think mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm getting better on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born in Mexico and I lived there until maybe 22. I, I lived there until 22. Uh, at 18, I moved out and went to live to the north to study uh, in Monterrey in the university. Then I stayed there until 22, until I finished my, my career. Um, then I went to France for a year to study French. Then I moved to Barcelona to study a master degree. Then I stayed because I loved it. And I started to surf there, mm. uh, which really, like, really changed my whole, yeah, it really changed my whole life. Like, starting to surf really was the, how you say, the, the pivotal uh, thing, like, like, to get me where I am today. And I lived six years in Barcelona. It was really, really cool. And then I moved to the Basque country. Uh, I started to work for a writer foundation in in France, so between Biarritz and San Sebastian. And I worked there a few years, maybe I think it's three years. And then I just like 
started to know, starting to get contact with like just random people that invited me to Nicaragua. Let's go to Nicaragua. You don't have a job. Let's go. You do pictures. We need pictures for our hotel. So I ended up in a hotel in Playa Madera. Uh, and I was in Nicaragua for what? Maybe six months. It was, it was so good. It was so inspirational. I met, you can't believe the people I met, like all creators, uh, photographers, artists, you name it. It was amazing. So I came back. I came back uh, to Nicaragua, from Nicaragua to Europe. And I was, listen, I really want to do this yoga retreat. I want to have my house, a yoga retreat house. And I started looking for a place. And I took like a little bit like a year to get it because here in San Sebastian, I don't know if you've been, it's, it's difficult. It's just the way the city is, um, yeah, is made. It, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of buildings. To get a house, I mean, it wasn't possible. So I got a, I got an apartment. I got a huge apartment close to the beach, to the surfing beach. This is a, um, a city beach, but it's, it's really cool. We had, it is, it is very particular, but it's, it's very cool. And I got the house my dream. I got to do this, this project for five years. And at the same time, I started, I started, uh, I started a store, a vegan store. So I, I really got to do another thing I really love, which was um, vegan food. So we sold like these amazing products and we made like smoothies, we made, we made bowls, um, we made tons of stuff we sell. But, you know, at the end, like all of this, like more in my head, it was supposed to be very easy, but it wasn't at all. <laughs> it, it was supposed to, yeah, I'm going to create this because I'm like, I'm a pretty creative mind. I'm always like trying to, to, to do something. Everything I see, I'm like, oh, this could be like amazing for a business or for a project or whatever. But then reality hits you hard and I couldn't hire like anyone to help me because it is very difficult. So I ended up like doing almost everything by myself and I almost, I did burn out. I did burn out. It was really difficult. And so I decided to close because I mean, I wasn't like any, I wasn't getting like rich or richer at all. I, I was full of doubts. I was tired and I decided, listen, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna close. Like it's just, it's so difficult. It's, it's difficult. I'm struggling. Was it hard to make that decision to close? Like once you kind of think about a dream for so long and you think maybe this is it, this is my landing place. This is like the end chapter for me. And then, then it's happily ever after. Right. And then you experience it for five years and then it's like, wait, this isn't right anymore. Was it hard to come to terms with that? Yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard because, you know, I mean, you invested like a lot, money, energy, all of your dreams, whatever. And, but at the end, at the end, it was about me really listening to the universe, telling me something. Like it was telling me a cycle was closing and I needed to 
needed to close it. I needed to let go. I needed not to attach. So basically, I can tell you like a lot of my experiences in life has taught me on not to attach very much. Just the fair amount. I mean, I need to attach in order to do stuff, but I can attach like that, you know? So all of my, a lot of my experiences in life, the ones were about, you need to let go, kid. You really need to let go. You did what you could. It was a good experience. Did you, were you able to do it better? Maybe, but you didn't have the consciousness or or the knowledge and you did what you could. So, yeah, it was very difficult. I can tell you that. It was a very difficult time in my life. I I was like really struggling. And most of all, you know, I think like you get to a point of um, it is you or the project. You know, your, your, your body is bad. Like you're not, you're not eating properly. You're having like all these issues. You're not sleeping. Your nervous system is crazy. So at this moment, you just have to decide it is me or the project. And it's always going to be me. Like there is no way this project is going to be more important than I am. I am the engine of this of this project if there's no me there's no project so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a very (laughs) grounded way to look at it because I think um you know it can be it can be very easy to to prioritize the external project because there's it's not only like everything we work for there's also the external aspect of our ego of um that feeling of productivity of achievement of like outward achievement right and then sometimes we can feel ourselves burning out, but we're achieving on the outside. So we can trick ourselves and be like just a little bit longer, right? Like just around the corner, it's going to get easier. But to actually be like, I'm burning out now and I need to make changes now and I can't keep waiting until what's around the corner. I think that's one of the bravest things like women in business can kind of do for themselves, but it's not easy. It's not easy, you know. Um, after all of that, I I came to realize that we came uh, of this culture. I mean, at that time, I noticed like there was a lot of this culture of be your own boss, woman boss, girl boss, lady boss. Let's do it. Let's don't take a break. Uh, bosses don't bosses don't go vacations. Whatever that kind of stuff. And I guess like I got to live it on myself. I remember myself telling me like, I am my own boss. Like nobody can stop me. It was, um, it wasn't, it was so much the ego speaking, not love. I mean, there was love for this, for this project, for everything I was doing, but it was the ego. I mean, I really wanted the other people to see me as, as somebody valuable, uh, as as a lady boss that, that that it didn't need anything else, you know. Like I remember, like being full on ego and saying, "Yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I am my my own boss." And blah blah blah. And this culture didn't help us 
oh, this culture of um, how you say uh, when you just do, 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 um, hustle, hustle. Yeah, hustle culture. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Hustle, hustle, never stop. You can do it. So much damage. Damage. I think like on my case, luckily, I was like long term already uh, working on myself, being conscious, getting to know my body, getting to know my needs. And I kind of understood on time that that wasn't that wasn't durable that wasn't sustainable for no one not for me not for the business not for the people around me I kind of realized that too because I think um we can think well people won't notice but people I do think people pick up on the energy I think clients and customers pick up on the energy if it's not grounded if it's desperate if you're not like joyful or rested I do think there is a way that like customers and clients know that, you know. You, I mean, this this vibe, this energy vibe. You, how you say, emane? Is that a word? Emanate. Uh, emanate. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Emanate. It cannot like. It, sorry, it cannot lie. It's just, mm. it's just this vibe. Or people knows. You know, everybody knows around you. When you do something out of love and out of comfortness, then out of desperation, tiredness, pressure, it mm -hmm. is noticeable mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think, it's so funny. isn't it crazy? And I think what you said about hustle culture is so true because what, what is the main success of hustle culture is achievement, sales, income profit but I remember when I did an interview with Cassia she was saying like what's the main rule of surfing is where you look is where you're going right so if we keep looking at the bottom line just the sales that's just where we're going and we lose the opportunity to kind of like connect with people to learn with people to learn about ourselves because we can be missing so many important lessons and so much goodness and and even just like like laughing with your coworker when like maybe something's intense and you could be rushing or just taking the time to like do this and interview you right you know it's been a year we've been working together and this is the first time we've been to like able to kind of sit down and get intimate and and know about you you know but like you and I were having this conversation last week about how I want to start doing things that may take longer but feel more enjoyable to me you know an interview takes longer but that is how I connect with people that's how I feel like the humanity of people that's how I feel like the resonance of the club and what we're creating. Right. So I think mm -hmm. like you've been a big factor in that and yeah, it's really inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, wow. I, I cannot tell you like all the amazing, the, the lessons, the struggles that really brought me here. Like, Thank God of that, because today I can really tell, I can really tell you like, like no way there's gonna, I, I can't put myself like in situations like that anymore, like at all. Like at this moment, I get to know what my nervous system needs at every time. And I really want to be true with that and give it exactly what it needs. 
because it it only serves me right and it serves me and it there's like every, absolutely everybody uh, I'm in touch with like when I'm good when I'm rested when I'm I'm more patient I'm more creative um, I'm open I, I mean I shine yeah I totally get that and and that's the thing right like I think many people who who are in charge of their own time who work online who have their own businesses can can be led to think that every free moment should be working but that's not true like there's working and then there's also like regeneration and times for non-productivity and like I've started drawing I started skating more and I had to get over this block of like I should be channeling this into the business and it's like not everything has to be channeled into your work and even by being creative and giving yourself that space to you know relax and and your brain starts thinking creatively which is different ways like different things to what you've done new ideas like it and in the end it ends up serving every part of your life totally like uh, I think like uh we're we're like computers we need like this time to shut off and just like uh, cool down to to function better like we we really I think like it's even most more important like all this time you have to recharge than the actual work like in my case for example and I think like this is very important like we need to we need to know and understand and this is something I just I'm kind of like just learning lately is that not everybody has the same levels of energy not everybody not everybody can hustle like like one like um, because we we see this in 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 media in instagram society like these people like working working a lot and then going to the gym and then going for a run and then do this and go for a surf no 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 and people there's other kind of people like me that we need a lot of rest we need a lot of nap but and then when we have like this battery charge we go back to what we do and we do it extremely fast this is how we work and it's so important that everyone knows exactly how their energy levels work so it can it can do better it's it's about being efficient you know mm-hmm. it's true because otherwise like in the old traditional model of 9 to 5 like someone like you could be thinking like well i need to sit down like 9 to 5 and that's the only way to be productive but you're finding that no, the more rest I get, I can sit down for an hour or two and just be like laser focus, get it done, you know? And then there's just so much more. It's so much more rejuvenating and regenerating. How can nine to five fit some people for sure, but how can it fit everyone? Yeah, no, it's, I think like this culture of how you say generalizing everyone and everything, it has to become to an end and it's coming to an end, you know? If you if you look, if you really look and you read and into new tools, consciousness, whatever. I mean, I was telling you about human design, right? This is, yeah. for example, this tool, like it's really helping me to know kind of to learn a little bit more like about my my purpose, like what energy I I was born and I bring into into life and and I I bring into everything I do. And then how how I can feed myself better, uh, what kind of rest I need more, um, how is my my energy levels, 
all that kind of thing like so important so important yeah and totally. i really i really get to see it experimented like even more uh-huh. every day <laughs> and how cool that we have this like wisdom and these tools available to us now when we can play with them and see what works for us and and also get to know our our coworkers or our partners better as well like our business partners because that's a big thing I think we realized in the team is people are driven by different things, right? By different purpose and different passions. And we can't just assume everyone has the same purpose. And once you kind of know what drives those closest to you, it can be a bit easier to understand as well. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like every, every team, like every, every working team or I mean, in any relationships, they should have like available this, these tools to really like getting to know themselves better right like Mm. you can even you can even know better like what to expect from your from your colleague Mm -hmm. like oh I know my colleague is designed like this like this like that Mm -hmm. even like what kind of communication works better it's Mm -hmm. so interesting right because I know this colleague a lot and then I communicate directly or not directly or do I give options or not options Uh yeah exactly do I say things very straight or do I kind of like have to sweeten it up a bit or I mean that's cultural as well right not just from individual to individual like for example I feel like in Australia where I'm from it's very like communication is very you kind of go around in circles a little bit and and it's, it's best to communicate almost like softly right because that's how we grew up like used to receiving it and used to giving it and I feel like that can be very similar in Guatemala too. Like different cultures and communication can just rub up against each other. Whereas like other places in the world where I've like worked with, the communication can be very direct. And for me, that's been like, whoa, you know, but that's just, and that's totally. one thing about having like a, a cross-cultural office and workplace really is like we're all forced to really learn about communication in a deeper way than if we were all working in an office in the same country with the same upbringing, right? Yeah, no, totally. I think like having this um, this opportunity to have uh, this multicultural, different backgrounds, different time zones, totally remote teams. I mean, when you really think about it, we are doing like, I mean, I was as I was telling to you like other times, right? I think like we're doing magic, but when we when you look like very deep onto it there's a lot of understanding that has to come from and in uh, each one of us you know a lot of patience a lot of compassion a lot of uh, this is the way i do things but i have to understand not everybody is like me so i have to come to the middle and give more be more understanding communicate different it's it's a lot. It's a hell of a lot. It is. And it's so funny how you were saying about like hustle culture and this boss babe and like we work on our own time and it feels like it's such a big, <laughs> huge ego rub. But the truth is it is the hum like the most humbling thing like every single week because we're forced to like examine ourselves. Like, okay, how could I have communicated better? Where am I being defensive? Where am I not? Like where am I I putting things onto my onto my coworkers that is is my personal thing right or or where can I be more patient and it's just so funny like this boss babe working online doing whatever it it looks like it's just the funnest thing and it just you know makes you just so 
but is is hard. Like I feel like I'm I'm constantly having to be brought back down into humility and to self-examination. And and in, in that it's been like a really amazing tool. And I never would have thought that when I started a business that that would be probably the main theme is like communication, patience, understanding. I thought it'd be like money and travel and like all these amazing <laughs> things, which is like a very extremely small, small percentage of the whole picture as it turns out. Yeah, no, totally, totally. I guess like the the really cool thing uh, we can we can for sure get is that um, we really work on on our time. You know, mm-hmm. like we get together, we speak, we agree on a lot of things. Maybe some others we don't, but it's totally mm-hmm. fine. And then at the end, like we have this flexibility to do the things we need to do on our terms, mm-hmm. which is this in, 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 any, in another industry, in another company, is not necessarily the thing, you right. know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the other day, exactly, you and I we were talking about how can we make this process way easier, way mm-hmm. more enjoyable. And this is something we have and this is beautiful because other companies might don't have that. They right. have, they might have processes like very, very close, very, very structured. In our case, it should be fun. We understand primarily should be fun because it really reflects out there. And mm-hmm. we really want to make it fun and we can be as flexible as we want because it needs to be fun. For right. us and for everyone, everyone watching, right? Uh-huh, exactly. And like, is it still, and making sure what we're doing does line up with our values, like how we live our day-to-day life. Does it line up with our values? If our value is freedom, if our value is like something, creativity, are we actually being creative or <clears throat> or have we become stuck because things work a certain way? <clears throat> and I think that's one good thing about, you know, the world changing, and how much everything has changed is like uh, the same structures we're using can't work indefinitely. So we're always forced to like come up with new ideas, different ways of doing things and kind of like moving as a team to do that, which can be very destabilizing, but it also allows a lot of room for creativity. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I guess like in some way, uh, I want to imagine like how it would be to have someone on our team that is not used to travel, not used to surf, mm. lives in the same in the same place forever. I think it would be really challenging for them mm. because because what what surfing and traveling so much has taught us, at least in my case, and I think in your case too, is flexibility. Mm. Is to be flexible enough to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. to listen and be present on mm-hmm. your circumstances. Right, exactly. And I think, and, and it kind of really brings me back to thinking of the old traditional use of the word unprofessional because we would all be unprofessional. We skip work to surf. We like travel during the week if someone invites, well, not me so much right now in this season of my life, but definitely mm-hmm. in the past. And it will be again, just like, like you said, you know, you were invited to Nicaragua, you went to Nicaragua and, and, I always see because I can see the logins on Instagram and I see you're at the French border and then you're in Spain and then you're here. I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl does not stop moving. 
<laughs> but that's it. But we, I think we're some of the most professional women I've met, but it, it is this, um, it, we all understand if you're, we all come to meetings, but like we understand making the schedule around the surf and we understand like building around surf and travel and like, no, I got a cool invitation to go out with friends. And like, that's what life should be. You should be able to be, you should be having lunches with your friends. You should be surfing. You know, you should be have enough freedom in your life to be able to take these opportunities as they come and work should be fed by that. And also just a part of that. And I know that's like an extremely privileged thing to say, because that's like my position Mm. to be able to say, Oh, work should just be a part of your life when there's people who work every single hour of their lives. Right. I, I totally understand that. Um, but with the, with the part of the world and the business world that we can change, I think it is important that we, we keep being an example of that, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I guess also like we're, we're kind of living like this new culture of, of us understanding that the things we do for work is some things we do, but this is not what we are. We are not our work. We are not our job. We are so much more than that. So much more. And I don't and I don't want to say like the work we do is not important. It is really important. But it's part of who we are. It's not who we are. You know what I mean? And we're really like coming to this understanding, like general understanding in this culture of working that it is first you. You always come first. And thank God, like we're not doctors, we're not nurses. So if something doesn't happen on time, nothing bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh huh. No one's life is on the line. Yeah, exactly. no, that's, that's really interesting. And I, I really like that way of thinking that it can be what we're so passionate about. Like, I love podcasting. I love sitting here with you. I love having this discussion. But maybe five years ago, I would have made it who I am. Because five years ago, I made being a writer and the fact that I moved to El Salvador and that I surf, like I made that my whole identity. But now kind of like having been here through through becoming a mom, through a pandemic, through so many things, like I've had to let go of my identity so many times. And that's been amazing exactly. to like lose those things that you used to define yourself by, maybe bring them back down the down the road. but. You know, I remember thinking like if I had months not surfing, like, oh, I'm not a surfer anymore. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Surfing's always there. It's always there to return to like, but it just shows it was being something that it was never meant to be. It's not meant to be an identity marker. It's meant to be something we do for fun or something to connect or for our own personal reasons. So I, I love how you brought that up because I guess I've never really thought about it in that way, but it's so true. We all know exercise makes life better. Our mood, our energy, just our general outlook on life improves. But sometimes it can feel like too much of a mission to get to a gym or to commit to a full hour workout. You're busy. I'm busy. Life is hectic. The Salty Club makes it easier than ever to sharpen your mind, body and soul with online equipment-free workouts starting as short as seven minutes all the way up to 50-minute classes. You can choose one-off classes or commit to a whole program where every class is planned out for you for a series of weeks. And the best bit? You'll be able to talk and share with other women in our group chat for that extra dose of motivation. The Salty Club is $19 a month, 
but you can try it absolutely free for one whole month with the exclusive code to this podcast. You'll go to the website, thesalty.club, and then the code you will use is SClubPod. So S-C-L-U-B-P-O-D. I think like uh, what we, the wrong thing we do is identification. We just identify with so many stuff, like external stuff that we say, yes, I'm this, I'm that, I'm other things. Like we're not really, we are the, all of those. And at the same time, we're not any of those, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. we should be like enough malleable mm. to know that yes, I can identify myself with that, but at the same time, I'm not. Mm, yeah. Because all of those externals, like they're not reliable. The only reliable thing is within. Mm, <laughs> right? It's so true. It's so true. It's and so and philosophical. Can... <laughs> no, I, this is awesome because usually I plan out my questions, but I was like, I just want to get talking and see where we go. And I'm so happy it ended up here because. I think this is so interesting for any, any women in business thinking of starting a business, um, creative projects while on the road. I think like you have so much wisdom and so much to share. And another thing you're really good at and what the rest of the team is trying to actually model themselves after is I feel like you're very good at boundaries. Like you said, um, we work all at different times, like literally all around the clock. One of us can be in the office right now. We have our graphic designer, Pauline in France, we got you in Spain, we got me in Guatemala, we've got um, Erica and MC in Canada. So pretty much any time, 24 hours, someone can be online. And what I think is really great from you is, is you've been very good at demonstrating like, okay, I'm, I'm off for the weekend. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and, and it's amazing how hard, how much us girls didn't do that at the start. But this past weekend, I was just like, yeah, I'm having the weekend off. And it's, it's, it's crazy when you start voicing that, how, how responsive people are because people are like, oh, okay. So it just made me realize people don't realize. So it's not like people are assuming you're available all the time, but it's important to voice it. And I think that's something you're very good at. Is that something you've had to learn over time or you've always been very good at boundaries? Not at all, senorita. <laughs> I have to learn it. I have to learn it the hard way. Um, I guess this is one of one of those things like I came to learn on this life. Like you know, I study astrology, right? I I studied astro- astrology long time ago, and just like getting acquaintance with all of the knowledge and with my chart, chart, I kind of realized, uh, wow, like boundaries. This is the one thing you need you need to do not in a and boundaries can come in an angry way in a frustrated way they need to come out of love out of love for yourself boundaries are really like how much you respect yourself actually and when i got to understand that my time is valuable i am valuable if I want others to respect me, I need to respect myself, myself first. So if I need to do that, then I need to, you know, like it comes, it comes a lot in, in circles of, oh, I put a boundary, but it's more, it's more uh, love for myself, you know? 
So it really, I mean, I really got to live like some, I got to live like some years because I I hadn't had like any consciousness at all. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like asking myself any questions because of the life I lived, the way I've been raised, whatever. It was, it, it wasn't just, it wasn't there at all. So I kind of like realized at some moment that I was angry most of the time. I didn't know. So I was angry most of the time. And then I had like this repeated, this kind of experiences where I couldn't express my boundaries. And when I expressed them, they were at the wrong time. So they were always like problems. So when I, whenever I had the, the right level of consciousness to ask myself, like, all of this is happening. And what is the, the how you say, the, the common thing on here? The common thing is me. So there's something in me that is not really working. And it comes out of not really, not really, I wasn't like, I didn't know myself. I didn't love myself enough. So whenever I started to work on that, on, okay, this is how I am, how I work, this is all the traumas I have, um, this is what I need, uh, this is what I don't need. And then it comes like all of these, exactly, expressions of love, which for me are a lot of them boundaries. And now they come in a very, I could say they come in a very natural way. Right. Not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not at the beginning of this journey. Like, I I remember I I didn't know how to express them because I wanted wanted people to, to like me, you know, because of the traumas I had. Like, I was... I was and I'm still a little bit uh, a people pleaser, you know. I really wanted like everybody to see me, every to like me. Uh, I could do anything, everything for anyone. So I couldn't say no. And this is one of my karma imprinted on my chart. You have to, you have to say no. You have to know how to say it, how to put it in a loving way that it is natural for you and for the people around you. And in doing so, like you teach other people how to do it because you are teaching us how to do it. So that's a testament to that it's working, but it's so true. I think, um, I think, I think everyone by now has heard that word boundaries and, and kind of maybe they're starting at the earlier stages, but I do think there is this uh, like development that has to happen because I think at the start for me with boundaries too, it was very like putting up a brick wall and, and could be kind of like rude, right? Like, no, I need my time. Like, no, no, no. Like, it's this like anger, which, which, like you said, can come out of past traumas, like defending yourself like so intensely from this perceived danger because it's like operating almost out of fear or from like your past self. But the more yeah. you practice, then, then it can settle into this place of love and be like received by love almost as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you do it. I think the right thing, I mean, I've been finding to do these kind of things is you do it for you and then it reflects on others. I mean, there's a lot of people like 
doing this kind of thing, like trying to teach lessons to others, that doesn't work. No, if you intend to give someone a lesson, they might not want to receive it from you. You might not be the person to teach. And them. and who the hell you think you are to give other <laughs> lessons? Yeah. You're, yeah. We are no one. Yeah. We are no one. I mean, who say you're better to give that kind of lessons? No, mm. you do it for you mm-hmm. because it works for you. Because you have this karmatic lessons you need to leave. I mean, for other people, it's not the same. I mean, you get to see their charts and there's a totally other mission, totally other thematic. But for some people, this kind of thing is like, they're like, okay, this is my mission. Uh, I have to do it the, the, the best way I can for myself. And if it reflects and if can touch it, someone else that is great but you don't even have to think about that like that is not your job there's a lot of people right like to say like oh the other people they need to do this they need to do that I experienced in my flesh the moment I changed within how the other people around me they changed in consequence you can't believe it like even like with with family trauma you you say you guess um you think my father is never gonna be able to change they're so old like there's no way they can change their mind by you doing your part of the work they do change Mm -hmm. there's miracles Mm -hmm. there's miracles happening out there just because you do the things you need to do for you. Mm, I love that because for the longest time, you know, empowerment is is a pillar of our business. But I always, I always, that's that weird because I'm like, I can't empower anyone. I can't sit down and be like, oh, I'm going to empower like this person, these women, because that's not how it works. You know, it's like you said, it's just about working on yourself, sharing about yourself. And if someone happens to like take away something from that, that's great. But that's not, you can't be like oh I am and I, and I think like maybe like just the word empowerment for me is kind of tricky it is em- so complicated empowerment, empowerment like exactly as you say like you cannot give the power to others they right. do have it already exactly. they do have it already mm-hmm. I think instead of empowerment I think it should be something more like inspiration, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like inspiration. Like we do this kind of things because of inspiration, mm-hmm. because others get, get seen, get reflected. You are a mirror on their traumas and on the things they want to do. And suddenly they see a new way. They see mm. the light. Mm-hmm. They identify with the things you've done. Mm-hmm. And it's without pressure. It's not like like this idea of empowering is so heavy and it's just been used in so many different instances, so many different ways, used to solve so many things. And like you said, I think, I think you're right. I think that word. And I think so many people set out with the right intent to be like, I'm going to help women, but ultimately you should only just be helping yourself and being as public with that as, as you want to be. But that's also, that was a big realization I had recently, like why I love podcasting and conversations and and writing. And it's kind of why I got turned off writing for a bit because I felt like so many things I was reading on Instagram was just telling them women, 
people, you should feel like this. You should live like this. You should be like this. This should be what you want in a relationship and this, like you should, you should. And I'm like, since when did we start telling each other how we should live our lives? Shouldn't we just totally. be sharing ourselves? If someone can, as much as we want, we don't have to overshare. We can like decide what's comfortable for us. And then as much as someone wants to, wants to receive that they can, but that can't be the purpose. The purpose should just be the expression of it, right? Or the connection. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think it's about the, the, the passion we have. Mm-hmm. We have for things, for, for certain topics. Like if we start to, this kind of thing, if we start to speak about like consciousness and, mm-hmm. and astrology and blah, 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 I get so passionate. Like I know a lot of things and I've seen a lot of things. And I want to share because I'm passionate and I'm obsessed about it mm. and because it really helps. Mm-hmm. But I cannot, I cannot pretend to share and then on my back saying like, it has to reach a lot of people. It has to, it has, it, it has to help a lot of women. Like, no, not at all. Like, because I, I, we are not a specialist. I mean, we're like still discovering every day who we are. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's it. We equate this again. Everything relates back. Well, not everything, but a lot of this conversation relates back to that hustle culture, which is like you should have this massive following of people who listen to you and learn from you. And it's like not all of us. And some people who do have big followings actually shouldn't have them. <laughs> you know. So it's like if if we reach five people, if we reach whatever number it is and make an impact like it from the surface it looks more important to reach like a wide amount of people but what if it's actually more meaningful to maybe reach a few people in a deep way and not even setting out to reach these people just being unattached to reaching people and if we happen to like that's the rewarding like exchange again the attachment issue exactly (laughs) yeah exactly yeah totally yeah, I wanted to, because I feel like this has been so good. It's been very theory heavy. If someone is wanting, because you do, for us, obviously, you do collaborations and PR. You're our, like, PR queen. Um, how did you switch from running a yoga studio, a, a vegan restaurant? How did you switch to re- getting into PR and what excites you about that? Basically, I'm a people person. I love connection. I love networking. My mind, my mind works in a way that when I see a great project in a great individual that they can go connect and they get, get together, I'm like, oh, let me connect you with this and this and that. You should speak with this, this and this woman because you will be amazing for the project. This is like, this is something I, I was born with. So of course, like, the main thing about um, running um, a yoga house, a yoga retreat house, having um, having a business, and for for all the things I did, I did just a ton. There's always this need of exactly connecting people, you know, networking, uh, get to be in contact with great individuals, like. This is my passion. Like I love to speak with different people, different backgrounds. Like they have all this knowledge. I'm 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 hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry for for knowledge, for new experiences. And I'm just I'm just stoked. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. How did you start doing it for work? Like, how did you get that experience? Is it something you studied? Is it something you that happened kind of instinctively over time? How did how did you get it going? Well, it kind of it kind of come with me because I've been always uh, I've been always kind of like very open. I I I get I get to know people very easily. And at the same time, I also worked in a publicity agency. I, I, I studied, I studied graphic design and publicity in Mexico. So I have, I have the knowledge, but if you have the knowledge and you don't have like the passion, like to connect with people, like it doesn't really serve. Right. And so when I started like to travel a lot for the surf, you know, uh, I just like started to to meet a lot of people, the same people, you know? And at the end, we all connect uh, in, in, in a way, in a way. And when you've been traveling so long, I've been traveling, what, more than 10 years, surfing around, surfing around the globe to just get to know every kind of people in surf, in yoga, in all of these, all of these themes and, and, and thematics. So, yeah, I kind of started like this, like more like for the job and whatever. And of course, like the thing I really loved, like in my businesses was that, like mm. being in contact with all these new people um, on my way. Like the most fun about like having um, like an accommodation was the amount of beautiful people staying with me. You can't believe the weeks we had mm-hmm. as a big family, you know, it mm-hmm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so good because I just really wanted to highlight. It's not just like connecting on Instagram and people's facades, right? That's one way to reach people, but nothing can beat like meeting people in real life either, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, you, you were, remember you were saying like a uh, ones that, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Like when you go to travels, like you get to know, you get to meet like with uh, with our ambassadors, and I told you it's really my pleasure. This is something I I look forward to to do. You know, getting to meet a, a an amazing girl who loves to surf, who loves to train, who loves to travel. It's my pleasure, like totally. Yeah, I think that's really cool. What is like some advice you might give to someone who is wanting to get into your line of work? In my line of work, PR and all that stuff. Yeah, PR, collabs. mm -hmm. Collaborations. Marketing. Yeah, I think it's important that the thematics around that really, really, you really like them. Like, I'm I'm obsessed with surf. I'm obsessed with yoga, with consciousness tools, with traveling. So, of course, for me, like it, it comes easy. So I think if you really want to do this kind of this kind of work, it is important that the business you work with, it really pleases you. Because it, it's about it's about connect with people. It's about talking. It's about um, see how they can serve better to a project and how you make the project like bigger and better. And it's not going to happen if, if you're not passionate about the industry you're in. Right. Mm-hmm. And also. And, uh, and, as, and uh, as well, 
I think we spoke a lot about communication. Communication, it needs to be an obsession if you want to do this. Like, I'm obsessed with courses on how to communicate better, on how to, no, no, no. And I'm even, right? I'm even sometimes like, whoops, like, oh, I didn't say the things correctly. Whoops. I was too much on that. Whoops. All of us, Whoops. we all have to apologize to each other a lot. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But I think we, if we want to do this the best way, yeah, we really have to be obsessed with communication. Words matter. The, the, the words you, the words you choose, they matter. Read the people you have in front. Everything matters, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. We really need to be like very good observers, very good listeners uh, to do this kind of thing Definitely. I mean, in everything. Mm-hmm. Of course. But yeah, I like that because it, it brings people back to like people instead of just reducing them to their Instagram page or communicating with everyone the same way or like it, it really just shows that, you know, you do, it, it pays off to have that nuance and to have that um detail to like each individual person and really getting to know them as a person and that's where I imagine you do find the magic right when you when you're open and curious about who you're collaborating with or who the person in front of you is instead of just uh assuming everyone is the same because we're not and it it really reflects as we were saying like it really reflects like not all the time I am on my best moment right and I really get to see it like sometimes I'm not, I'm really a little bit disconnected or I'm not having a good day. I'm not having the best connection with, with my messages, with the people. I'm not really observing like who is in front of me, what kind of business is in front of me, what is the vibe is giving me. But other days, I'm literally excited and I'm doing the magic and I'm like, oh my God, they answered me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) yeah those little moments are so exciting huh because it just shows you that the possibilities are really endless with collaborations like they really are yeah Uh, Ale thank you so much I can't believe it's already been an hour before we start to wrap this up is oh my god isn't that crazy I know (laughs) before we start to wrap this up is there anything that kind of came up for you in this chat that you would like to share before we before we end the call um, 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 um what else I would love to share um I think we said it's really important for everyone to really know explore themselves like as you said like it is it's so good we have like all these tools right now and I don't think like we we realize how lucky we are to live in the times we live if you think about the times of your parents or of your grandparents, they didn't have all these possibilities. They didn't mm-hmm. have all these tools at their hand. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are, like, resolving traumas, family lineage mm-hmm. <laughs> that comes from all of that. So I think it is our responsibility. It's not a, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to go to therapy I don't want to, I don't know if I can do this. It is a responsibility because of mm. the times we live in. Yeah, you're so right. To do this work. Mm-hmm. 
You're so right. Thanks, Ali. That's so true. And thank you so much for your time today. I love chatting with you. I feel like I got to know you a bit better and hopefully our community can too. Anytime, anytime, Katie. Uh, It was really great to be here with you. And yeah, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. This podcast was brought to you by The Salty Club. Hosted by me, Caitlin Creeper, and sound and editing by Matyosh Gomsh.